Gino, there's a recent Blackstone article trending titled, What the World's Most Successful Real Estate Investor is Buying. And there's many similarities to our 100-year real estate investor strategy. Today, we're going to unpack it. Jake, going to give you a tiny little hint. A little bit. As to what that is. It has nothing to do with the shiny object syndrome, my friend. Oh, tell me why. Picture and imagine this. I moved down to Florida. It's 2017. Leave New York. Great feelings. I feel euphoric. The weather's beautiful down here. The economy is just different down here. I'm in the midst of, we have a little over a thousand units. Got a little extra cash here. Uh oh. <laughs> person with cash meets a person with experience. The person with the experience gets the cash, and the person with the cash gets the experience. It's happened to everybody. And it usually happens to the G dad when he veers off the path and he gets into the <laughs> shiny object syndrome. And, and Jake, honestly, it happened to me. I was down here, met a couple of really cool dudes. Didn't know one of them. I knew the other guys. The other guys were really good, but this one guy, he was a crook. Bottom line end the story. But I can't let myself off the hook because I'm the 100% responsibility junkie. It's all about the 100 year REI. It's all about responsibility, the ability to respond. I can't blame that person because it was not had had nothing to do with my value based decision making. Mm. Let everyone hear that. I can blame the crook all I want. But I had shiny object. I chose to partner with that person. I didn't do my due diligence as much as I should have. So at the end of the day, I need to take responsibility for what happened. They were building vacation rentals. I mean, the market is great. The whole concept was great. I was supposed to invest passively. We really, the biggest mistake we had is we had no cadence of accountability. We had no routines. We had no weekly meetings. We had no budgets. Everything was flying at the seat of our pants. Now that I look back, I would never do something like that. But I didn't know at the time. And I had the allure of, oh, I can invest this money, invest passively, have a vacation rental, use it when the J daddy comes down, let him use it for a couple of weeks. It was enticing. It was sexy. It was alluring. But what happens? You veer off the hundred year mindset. It's not long-term. It's transactional. And that's where I made the mistake. I mean, there was a lot more mistakes with that. Fortunately for me, the mistakes were minimal because I, you know, I sold in a rising market. We all got lucky, right? That's mm-hmm. one thing that happened. We took action. The market was rising. I lost about 30 grand on these two homes together, which is not bad, but it taught me an amazing lesson. Don't veer away off the path. Stay on their path. And if you're going to go into another path, make sure you educate yourself. Education times action equals results. And I've gone back to that. And I've gone back to that. A quick story, jumping in cryptocurrency, same thing. I, let, I taught my son a lesson. Everyone who's on the crypto bandwagon about two months ago, I let him buy. And I knew the, I knew the market was going to reset, but I wanted him to buy. I wanted him to feel the pain of losing because I wanted him to see it's a shiny object, Michael. If you want to get into crypto trading, you need to really educate yourself. Mm. You really need to follow the market for the next six months. Don't invest any money. And when you're ready and fully educated, he learned his lesson. So now- He's training. He's learning about crypto trading. You need to learn. And I can go on and on about this story, but really the big learning lessons for me, it really aligns so well with the hundred year brand, Jake. It's really, you want to align yourself with people of character. You want to align yourself with people who have the experience. You want to have that value-based decision-making. That's really important. And you want 
ultimately you want to buy assets. That's what we bought assets, but they weren't the right assets. And we, I did not know how to value these assets. I didn't know anything about building. Thought I knew about numbers and everything. I did not know. I relied on others. And that was my big mistake, Jake. Stay in your lane. All right, gang. So here's the meat coming straight from Blackstone and so many similarities to the GDAD's story right there. So number one, when partnering with syndicators or small developers, Blackstone's words, John Gray, not mine, make sure there's an alignment of interests and core values. Hmm. You may need to follow a group for a few years if you're going to invest as an LP. Gino is living proof. You just heard the story there. I don't know that we need to say much more than that right now. Wow, that's painful. Now that you say that, I, I didn't read the article fully, but a few years seems like a long time. Yeah. But if you're working 40 years in your career, what is three or four years out of those 40 years? It's really a drop. When you in have the to get there, itis, it might be a problem, but that's why you need to sometimes downshift and make sure you're, you're focused on the prize. Mm. So, you know, sometimes that. we just we want to zoom and we got to chill. But uh, number two, what are the warning signs for real estate? Uh, and, and, you know, John Gray said, too much leverage with financing and too much building or development. He said, right now, we're not seeing that. What he's concerned with is rate risk because interest rates are so low right now. Maybe someone's buying a bridge deal and hoping that they're going to refi it in a couple of years. Well, guess what? If rates jump, you may be stuck and in big trouble. So caution when buying those bridge deals, trying to get something, reposition it, and roll out with the same kind of rate. Make sure you're underwriting uh, for a higher rate just to be conservative so you don't get stuck. Jake. You did? Yeah, and what I want to mention about the, the, the residential housing market, people are overpaying for homes because debt is so cheap. Make sure you're locking in long-term there, right? What, what happens if rates do go up? Well, the people who have bought have locked in cheap rate, cheap debt for the next 30 years, it's okay that they quote unquote overpaid because their payments are a lot lower. But if you're planning on buying a home and rates go from 2.95 to 4.3, that really takes a big hit on what you're able to pay for that home. So that may pull the lever on residential real estate as it goes. And I think Jake's going to discuss markets in a little bit, but be wary where you are in the market. If there's demand, always look for demand in the market. Mm -hmm. It's important. If there's demand and not enough supply, that's what's going on right now. As far as housing starts and as far as supply going on right now, there's not enough supply in a lot of markets and there's a lot of demand. And when you have those population migrations coming down and wanting that demand and there's not enough supply, that's what's pushing up pricing. Yep. And uh, you're going to love this one on strategy, Gino. You said, be a high conviction investor. Don't dabble. Dude, your story is so appropriate for everything that they're saying here. Uh, Again, be a high conviction investor. Don't dabble. Go all in on something you understand and believe in and lean into that for the long term. I mean, that is just so powerful. Jake, do you mind if I share a couple of learning lessons that I had from that Absolutely. event that happened a couple of years ago? We teach a Jake and Gino, our cadence of accountability. If I had done just a couple of things on that deal, it would have been a game changer. Number one, let's meet weekly and discuss what's going on a 15-minute Zoom call once a week to see where we are in the building process. Let me meet the contractor that you're working with and speak to him about the budget. How hard was that? And then you would have found there wasn't a budget. And then you would have found, <laughs> well, what about the pool? We, yeah. none of the, that's where we lost the money because there was yeah. no budget for the pool. 
And let me see the, the, the numbers themselves because he was skimming off the top. He was charging us. Let me see the LLCs where we have the delegation of responsibilities. The next thing, expectations. As a 100-year real estate investor, please have expectations with partners. My boy over there in the green shirt made five phone calls this morning. Who was the only chooch jabroni who picked up? Me. You know why? He's my partner. That's what 100-year real estate investors do. We pick up and we we do stuff for our partners because it's important. You pick because up the damn phone. <laughs> he's putting food on the table for me and I'm putting food on the table for him. So whenever he calls, I know it's important. And that's how you need to respect these partnerships. Have expectations set on the front end. Don't have them set on the back end and go, oh, we were supposed to do this. We had expectations, but nothing written out. We were supposed to fund deals and he was supposed to fund his deals. Then when it came time, all of a sudden, goalpost was moved. Pull the Dr. Fauci. Mm. Keep moving those goalposts. You don't want that <laughs> in a partnership. Right, Jake? I'm getting fired 100%. up because it's bringing me back PTSD because I'm seeing it as clear as day right now. I wish I had that 100-year mindset three and four years ago. I did with multifamily, but I had the shiny object syndrome where I'm like, you know what? I can have it here and it's sexy. As investors, we don't want sexy. We won't want to fall in love with the deal. We want, we want to we fall want in love boring, with the numbers. consistent cash flow. <laughs> exactly. We want assets that we can understand, that we can capitalize, and we're actually there building a business around. I could not build a business around two little vacation homes. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that because it wasn't scalable for me. That was the other learning lesson, Jake. Uh, number four, what not to buy. Never heard this term before, but buggy whip businesses. Maybe you can shed some light on that, Gino, in a minute, but I don't even know what a buggy, buggy whip is. Buggy whips, bro. You, you got those little horses. Remember when the, when, the, when the cars came, they made those buggy whips obsolete, bro. No one's buying any more horse carriages because cars came. Well, then, then, then this makes a lot of sense. He, yes. he talks about landline phone stocks, legacy retailers, JCPenney's, et cetera. They're not relevant, okay? You got to be going to where, where the technology and the development is. So that was what not to buy, okay? Now, on the best advice, you're going to love this. This is what he closed with. Focus on the long term. Snapchat instantaneous gratification culture is dangerous. I'm going to say that again because it just makes me feel good. Snapchat instantaneous gratification culture is dangerous. Ask yourself, is mm-hmm. this fundamentally, whatever you're getting into, he's saying, is this fundamentally a good business? Is this a good area with demand and growth that I want to be in? They're looking at the Southeast and, and the Midwest. If you own something good, and this is the most powerful, if you own something good, hold it for a long period of time and be patient. Everything he's saying here, I, I completely agree with. It's spot on. It's common sense. But you know what? When you have the get there itis, when you got the shiny object, it ain't easy. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's so much that I could say that right there. It's difficult because I want everyone to write this down and it's important. Transactions, right? They pay the bills. Jake, what does equity do? Makes you rich, baby. I want everyone to burn that into their brain. It took me over 40 years of my life to understand that. And once I got into multifamily, that's why I got into multifamily because it wasn't as transactional. We just had a rock star on the Wheel of Our Profits podcast we recorded last week. He basically said, why am I doing 300 homes a year when I can buy a 200 unit apartment complex, one deal, have equity, have a business, be an entrepreneur and build wealth? 
Why am I being transactional here, flipping these homes when I can do one transaction a year instead of 300 escrows? Could you imagine 300 escrows a year, 300 Pain. different insurance, con 300 different bank accounts? It is an absolute nightmare. Focus on the equity. Focus on, and how do you get equity? You need to build. And that's the thing. When you start a business, that's why most people fail in business. The first 24 to 36 months, you don't make money. You're reinvesting the profits into the business. When we started Jake and Gino, it took me years to start to try to monetize the business. I was building the brand and it's really hard to be in that lift up is really, really difficult. But let me tell you this. Once you hit that, you know that you get the hockey puck going. It is the best feeling in the world because you stuck through it and you're one of the you got 90. that flywheel churning. Yeah, you got that one percent. It's all about momentum. So remember, your results are a lagging indicator of your success. And that's the problem. You have results, no results, no results, no results. And then you see a little success and then it keeps going. And it's really, really difficult. But that's what happens when you build a business. That's what happens when Jake talks about no shiny object syndrome. Don't look at that asset and say, this is not the time of the market. Multifamily is not, it's too hot right now. I'm going to go to mobile homes. Because when you jump into mobile homes, well, there's deals here. Now there's no deals. Then I'm going to jump into self-storage. Find a niche in any business you're talking about, whether it's trading in crypto, whether it's trading commodities, really learn the space. Adopt the 100-year mindset and focus on that and then become an expert in that area. Yeah, and if you're ever wondering why we really and rarely sell deals, just go back and listen to it again. Listen to it again because this is exactly our mentality and why we don't sell. Gino, where can they get more info? Jake, the 100-year mindset, it's really you want to become that. You want to, you want to envelop that whole ideology, that whole mindset where – it can be tough. Just think of the farmer, Jake, planting that seed and watering the seed and, and continuing to grow it. And then there comes a time to harvest it and then continue to plant. I want all the listeners to go to 100yearrei.com, 100yearrei.com, and just go and schedule a call with one of our team members. They're going to walk you through the whole mindset. They're going to walk you through what it takes to become a 100-year real estate investor. It's an amazing experience for me. Once I adopted that mindset the last four to five years, it's just taken off for me. And, and more importantly, Jake, you always discuss and you always talk about don't go for your passion. You know, your passion is great. Start a business. But this is important. What I want to end this with, you will love and enjoy life when you become very good at something. I love multifamily right now. I love real estate because I've become really good at it. I love to teach it because I enjoy it. And that's taking a long time. It's not going to happen overnight. Learn things, do them, and then teach them. And then continue that process. And you will become a 100-year real estate investor. 100yearrei.com, my friend. Hey, man, I love the passion and I love the purple shirt. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Jake. See you guys.